Welcome to Festival Nation on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Here's your host, Marla Davies. Hey now, it's Marla Davies for Festival Nation, where we celebrate the magical world of music festivals. And we're still celebrating, albeit in a new and more virtual way. A few festivals still holding out for 2020, including Lock-In in Arlington, Virginia. That's postponed until October 1st through the 4th. Bottle Rock in Napa, also postponed until October 2nd through the 4th. Coachella in Indio is postponed until October 9th through the 11th and 16th through 18th. And Stagecoach on the same location, also postponed until October 23rd through the 25th. Outside Lands in Golden Gate Park is scheduled for August 7th through the 9th, but the word is organizers are looking to move it until later in 2020 or postpone it altogether until next year. The whole way we experience music festivals has changed, but we're adapting and many are venturing into virtual festivals where performers are sharing their music from their home and you're enjoying it from your home. I was excited to be part of the SOFA Music Festival in San Jose, August 26, 2020. This festival happens twice a year in late April and late September in the South First area of San Jose. It usually is bustling with music and restaurants and shops and people. The First Street area of San Jose is the heart and soul of the city. And when I first moved to San Jose, when I discovered South First Street, I felt like I was home and I had a place to hang out with like-minded people. People who also like to go out and hear live music. In April, SOFA held a SIP festival, and usually at the free SOFA Street Fair, there are between 80 to 100 bands on more than 10 stages in a two-block area. And living up to its name, there's lots of sofas on the street to sit in and chat and chill and take in the day's activities. Now with this mandatory shelter in place and the advent of social distancing, musicians and businesses collaborated for this virtual festival. This year, the stages have become channels and the performers streaming live. There was over 100 bands on over 20 channels who celebrated the day, including seven hours of performances. In fact, one of the performances made the local news when the fusion hip-hop band Barely Functional gathered in Orchard Gardens Park in Sunnyvale to record their 30-minute set. The band were socially distanced and some even wearing masks. And when the police rolled up, they thought, okay, we're going to get shut down. But the officer was sympathetic, a music lover himself, and at one time had even been in a band of his own. He let the guys play and then even stayed for the set. Needless to say, he's now a barely functional fan. Promoter Phil Maresca said it was one of his favorite tales from a day when he really felt the South Bay music and art fans found a way to come together while still staying apart. Phil said there are stories like this all day, showing the magic of live music, strengthening our community, even virtually. I was excited to be featured on the Fun and Games channel for a live Festival Nation podcast and a hangout where I played the ultimate rockalyptic set list and also had a vinyl party. In fact, the SOFA Festival, the SIP version of the event, was so successful, promoter Phil Maresca is doing it again through May, calling it SOFA Saturdays. 
Coming up on the show today, you'll meet Casey Wickstrom, who performed at SOFA on two channels this year. Casey is multi-talented. In fact, you're listening to his song right now. He's a multi-instrumentalist. He's a live looping artist, vocalist, music producer, writer, and film editor. And you'll hear one of Casey's original songs, too. You'll also hear from Ren Giesick, also on the bill at SOFA, performing on two channels. Giesick, a jazz singer and a songwriter who borrows elements of Americana, jazz, blues, and country. We'll hear from Ren, who'll sing one of her originals and accompany herself on ukulele. And we'll talk with Phil Moreska, who created the first SOFA festival and is responsible for naming the former Red Light District in San Jose SOFA. That's the South First music area. It's such a weird time for everyone. We all feel so disassociated with each other. And maybe you're lucky enough to be sheltering at home with someone. You've got a partner you can hang out with and laugh with and, you know, have some fun with. You may be alone, too. And in that case, either case, actually, you might want to check out adamandeve.com and spice things up just a little bit. And they've got lots of free stuff, too. And free stuff is awesome. And free stuff to spice up your bedroom? Well, even better. You can select almost any one item for 50% off, and then Adam and Eve loads in the free stuff. Just enter the offer code FEST, F-E-S-T, at the checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts, a sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and even a third item that you both can enjoy together. And six free spicy movies, too. And you can enjoy by yourself. Come on now. Plus, there's free shipping, too, at adamandeve.com. Adam and Eve, for 50% off almost any item, get tons of free gifts and receive free shipping. Just go to adamandeve.com and type FEST, F-E-S-T, at the checkout. Enjoy. Festival Nation, celebrating the magical world of music festivals. South First Street in San Jose has always been a destination. And the area has been around since the late 1800s, but it wasn't called SOFA yet. That had come later, a lot later, like 1989, but we'll get to that. Back in the 1800s, cities were bustling, and so was San Jose. But as time went on and the romance of the city lost its luster and folks started to move to the suburbs, the city became more desolate. Urban blight became common, urban decay. By the late 1970s, South First Street was run down and filled mostly with adult movie theaters, sex shops, and street prostitution. And let's just say the area was kind of seedy, which actually adds to its character today. Back in those days, the theater on South First Street and East San Salvador was the Pussycat Club. And as the late 1980s rolled in, with the help of then-Mayor Susan Hammer, the street began to have a rebirth. Nightclubs were moving in and bars moved in. There was Marsugi's and the Bachelor Club became the Cactus Club, which I always love to say. It's a hellhole, but it's our hellhole. There was Max's down the street. They served $5 Heinekens and the Ajax Lounge. And then the Pussycat became FX. And rock and roll was alive and local in San Jose. FX later became The Usual, and now it's The Ritz holding the torch for live music on South First Street. SOFA has become an arts, cultural, and entertainment district in Silicon Valley. It takes a lot of great people to spark a neighborhood, but one person in particular comes to the forefront, helping to put SOFA on the map as Silicon Valley's creative district. 
please welcome Phil Moreska, who helped rename the Sofa District in 1989 and founded the Sofa Street Fair, now the Sofa Music Festival. Most people know him as Phil Co. and if you've been doing an event in San Jose, there is a good chance Phil was the producer and the promoter. I mean, I do I do a lot of music festivals, and and Sofa is my favorite of all the music of all the music that I do all year long. Because you love the South First scene, or you used to have a club there, of course. Yes, and yes, and all of the above. Um, the Sofa neighborhood has been very dear to my heart since we actually named it back in. 1989. So difference with the Sofa Street Fair and now Sofa Music Festival is is the, the community feeling to it. Um, there's something uh, magical about the people who hang out and enjoy Sofa Festival. It's a very um, it's a very warm, supportive event because it's a bunch of bands and musicians that are supporting each other. They're there for the community. It's there. Everybody that's everybody that comes to Sofa is has some sort of a connection to a musician or or, or a family member that's a musician or they're regular fans of a band. They're all there because they love music, and um, and that's really nice. And it's really different than say music in the park, you know, um, right. where people are going because they like that specific act. There's a hundred bands at Sofa. I mean, people are going for the music scene itself. And that's what makes right. it. And supporting the San Jose music scene is so important. Absolutely. It has that feeling of family. Yeah, you because you're really going to support the, the bands and really not that commercial. <laughs> it sort of still has that underground kind of yeah, edgy, yeah. raggedy feel, which I like. I, I'm not very good at selling out. I, you know, yeah. I like, I mean, it's my event and, and the people around me, I have a great team and we, we do it our way, you know, and, and, it's what we want to see. And, and if I want to do something, I'm like, yeah, let's go do that. Um, if, we, if we had a major corporate sponsor, we may not, we may not be able to do that. You know? Right. Now, SOPA's been going on. You started it. And it, you know, it, went, it was really huge. It got to a point the city was really supporting it. And it was getting huge. We, then we had to pay to get in. Not much. Yeah. yeah. So when we first started in 1992, it was called the SOPA Street. And, um, and then about, and it grew really, really quickly. Um, the, about four years later, it had grown to 30,000 people. And um, the city came to us and said, this is too big. Well, they got scared when they see a bunch of people with tattoos and, and crazy colored hair in the 90s. They're like, oh, what is this? We don't understand. It looks scary to us. Yeah, scary so, people, scary people. Exactly. exactly. So, um, so what we did was we added a cover charge. It cost five bucks to get in. We put a gate around it. And that brought the, the numbers way down to a more <laughs> yeah. <useful> level. <laughs> Even though $5 is really nothing. Yeah, no. It was weird to have the gate. I remember that. Then 9-11 happened. Our date was, um, was September uh, 15th, I think. Um, less than a week after 9-11. So obviously we, we, we didn't have it. We postponed it for two and a half weeks and, or two weeks and we had it um, that year. And that was our 10th year. And that was the year that X played. I don't know if you were there, but yeah. our 10 year anniversary, we, we had X play. Um, and, that, um, and at that point we decided we went out on a high note and we were done. And so, and then, you know, the, uh, the bubble burst and then we had the, the depression of, or the recession of 2008. 
Um, and then around 2012, 13, SOFA started to turn around again. And it became uh, what I call SOFA 2.0. There was a lot more businesses opening and restaurants opening and bars and clubs and, and my old club had reopened. And so we thought it was time to bring back the street fair. But I was very um, insistent on keeping it free and mm -hmm. keeping, it, keeping that street fair vibe. So we concentrate more on the bands and the music and make it a local um, celebration of live music. And so yeah. that's what's kept it to its roots and, and kept it as a free street fair. Absolutely. And thank you for bringing it back. I mean, I'm glad sure. it's back because that's where my, that's my favorite neighborhood in the whole, in our whole town. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's great fun. So this year, of course, is a little different because of all yeah. the, you know, the worldwide pandemic. And so you have reinvented SOFA again. And I mean, I, this happened, you, I'm sure you were well into the planning stages of SOFA by the time this whole, you know, the SIP, the, you know, thing happened. So, yeah. Well, what's interesting is the very first thing, and, and I think California's done a great job. Yes. We have a great mayor. We have, and Santa Clara County, you know, um, our health officials are top notch. Absolutely. Um, they're right. real scientists. And so when I was in the first week of March, um, we started hearing about, you know, that measures were going to need to be taken. And the first thing they said was, we're going to be limiting the size of festivals. And so that's my business. That's my bread and butter. So of course I'm looking at this going, okay, what's my, what's my plan B? If they take away my festival, what's my plan B? So we started well before the shelter in place, we started planning to try and do how much of this could we do um, in the virtual world? How much streaming could we do? Because streaming people more and more were starting to get into it. A lot of my musicians were already very familiar with streaming Facebook Live and, and YouTube and everything else. So um, we started looking into that. And as we were going down that path, of course, the world was closing down on us all around. And now we are still locked in our homes. That's going to be a while before mass gatherings will happen. And I know SOFA is scheduled again for September. So we'll have to see how that's going to play out. We've built such a cool infrastructure now um, with the website that even if we are allowed to do minimal um, outdoor festival, we could have a street fair with a limited number of people, but offer everything and film everything and put it online. So we could have, you know, we could have maybe two or three stages in the street and, um, and do another 10 or 20 stages online. We are hoping, oh, and online we call them channels. We're up to 20 now. And well, every time one fills up, you know, we have seven half hour slots on every channel. And when one fills up, I'm like, should we add another channel? And then of course we add another channel. So on this festival, just kind of paint a picture of what it's okay. gonna be like. This is, you know, the beginning of the day. It's the beginning of the day. You found your way here. Yeah. Um, and uh, so at, um, after you leave here, you will have the option of going back to the website and choosing where you want to go next. Um, you have 20 different channels. You have, um, and they change every half an hour, something's different. Um, but, um, but there's only a couple of channels that actually have the video embedded on the website. You're, when you go to see um, Israel Sanchez at, at a certain time or Sakura at another time, you're actually going, you're clicking and you're going into their home. Their stream is from their home. So you yeah. are going to their stream 
and, um, and joining them for their show. And then when you're done with that show, you click it off, it takes you back to the main page and you find another show to go see. Funny thing is what I hear, the biggest complaint every year I hear about the Sofa Street Fair is, damn it, I couldn't get to see two shows at the same time. Because Sakura's playing over here and, and Steely Nash is playing over there and I want to see both of them, you know? Well, the beauty of this online is you can. Yeah. So you can watch two shows at once. You can do a split screen. You can do a um, watch one person on your phone, another thing on your laptop. The more devices you have in your house, the more shows you can watch at the same time. Right. So, I mean, the FOMO, the FOMO moment's not there. I mean, yeah. if you're missing out, no, you can yeah. have it all. You can, you can have it all. That's, that's a really good slogan. No FOMO. <laughs> Festival Nation, celebrating the magical world of music festivals. Thanks to Phil Moresca, founder of the Sofa Street Fair and Music Festival. And Phil, known as Philco, has brought a global nightclub culture to San Jose. Coming up next, you'll meet two artists who performed virtually at this year's San Jose Sofa Festival, multi-instrumentalist and looping artist Casey Wickstrom and jazz singer and songwriter Ren Giesick. More after this. Festival Nation, celebrating the magical world of music festivals. It's Marla Davies, and this is Festival Nation, where we celebrate the magical world of music festivals. And today we're celebrating the virtual Sofa Festival that happened in San Jose, April the 26th. One of the performers was Casey Wickstrom. Casey performed on two channels at Sofa this year. He's a multi-instrumentalist, a looping artist, vocalist, music producer, writer, and film editor. Festival Nation caught up with Casey before the day's activities at Sofa. Let's check in with Casey, who's hanging out outside at his grandfather's house in Cupertino. Part of suburbia. I love it. Silicon Valley. It really is. Well, Casey and I were just, you know, you getting to know each other. And we were talking about how Festival Nation's about music festivals and how now everything is changing so much with live music. Yeah, it's really been a paradigm shift in the way that people consume uh, you know, music and I think art in general, it's, uh, you know, you talk about living in strange new times. This is really the definition of that. Like no one really knows. Um, no one could have expected this, I think, in, in a lot of ways or, you know, but it's interesting how we've adapted and kind of into the whole virtual uh, connectivity scene via internet, you know, it's cool. I know we all, we had it all at our fingertips, but now here we are. I mean, I, I like to be out with people, though. I still love. I mean, Same. I miss playing live shows, like real, you know, what I consider to be real shows. I mean, I love seeing people on the live streams and being able to play in things. But that connectivity between real humans and the kind of, you know, energy that gets generated from, you know, just social connection at a show. Right. I mean, because I'm sure, you know, as a, as a musician, you feed on the audience. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no other feeling like it. One of the, the bright sides of this whole thing is that it's really made me appreciate that even more. You know, I never took it for granted, like the connection with the audience and playing live and being able to perform. But um, after this, it just, it, it really um, validates those feelings even more that I have towards, you know, actual, actual shows. <laughs> I know you really do appreciate your fans, but we're right. doing the best we can. I mean, at least it's a way to still get out there. And it's a way to, you know, do the Sofa Fest. Have you ever played the Sofa Fest before? 
Yeah, so this would be like my third or fourth time, I think, but it's everyone's first time doing it virtually. So it's kind of cool. In a way, you know, history is being made from, you know, from the standpoint of local festivals. This is kind of a big deal. There's so many artists playing. Yeah. You know, so to something that is, is so big in scope, like an all-day festival with so many uh, local artists and to just switch the platform to totally virtual is quite an undertaking it really is pretty phenomenal just going on the schedule today you're playing two stages right you're That's playing right. live and local at the same time no i'm just kidding no you're not <laughs> that would be very that would be challenging and then you're playing what the the love the so yeah the sofa love seat there you go so the first set is going to be original music for half hour so i'll be playing my own songs but the low the sofa love street um, show they like to have a theme for that um, so either like a, a theme or maybe an artist or you know some some kind of cohesive uh, idea to play with and I decided to do uh, all Tom Petty songs because I love Tom Petty so who doesn't who does not right. you know you're really a professed musician you play well on your last your eminence front your last release is that oh yeah you play you produce it and you play every instrument that was so, so much fun. Well, you, you, at least you don't have to deal with like, you know, band conflicts, right? It's just you and yourself and I, right? No, absolutely, yeah. It, it really eliminates so much of the drama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and you know, the, in, in some ways that's more pressure because you can't, uh, you know, like divvy up responsibility for the track. But at this point, um, it, it was it was the best way to go about it because I knew how I wanted everything to sound and, and I was capable of playing all the parts comfortably. You know, I had really worked hard uh, on each individual layer of that track. So it was cool to put that together. That was, Eminence Front was in a lot of ways like new musical territory for me because I was playing the cigar box guitar. I was looping that. Um, you know, there was the electric bass. I'm playing drums on it too, which is so much fun, but the song's pretty long and there's a lot of different parts, you know, so at some points it was pretty overwhelming but uh super gratifying and just awesome to finally get that out there who is such a big influence to me so yeah i know well, the who of course amazing well you're i mean you've really had quite the journey i mean i was reading about you know you know you, you really went through your dark times and oh yeah <laughs> dude i'm sorry about that i mean do you think i mean it seems like you found a blessing out of it all and, and you, you dug deep. Yeah, right? I did. You know, my, my 20s were, were a pretty dark and intense time. There was a lot of uh, catastrophic events during that time, you know. Like, right, Casey had uh, a really car bad crash car was one, you know? yeah. yeah, right, exactly. That was one. Um, that was one. <laughs> that was one you know, <laughs> I, I, think, I think overall there, there was just a lot of um, like self-destruction, depression, things like that kind of fed into it. And you add, uh, you know, drugs and alcohol to that mix. It just becomes a really volatile and, you know, really dangerous situation. And I was lucky to have made it out of, um, of my 20s. You know, the album Bleed Out, uh, that was my last studio album. I consider that to be like a musical exorcism of my 20s. Yeah. You know, so it's a very dark, violent album. But I think that there are underlying glimmers of hope in those songs, you know, in some of the tracks. So that was somewhat of a concept of just kind of purging myself. Cause I've been sober for, I'm coming on five years now and I teach yoga and meditation. Yes, you teach and, yoga. Yeah, I love, I, I love yoga. In fact, I've been doing a lot of Zoom yoga during all this crazy. That's what I've been doing. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I'm 
in many ways, I'm living the same life, not leaving the house. So I'm, I'm teaching, you know, yoga classes virtually and uh, teaching, you know, like meditation uh, classes and things like that and teaching some guitar lessons. So in many ways, I'm still staying active in the same ways I was in the, the outside world. It's just everything's virtual now. But the yoga practice and, you know, the mindfulness aspect has really kept me grounded during this whole time so i mean yoga has kind of set the foundation for my recovery and my yeah. my overall well-being you know it's not it's not the entire answer but it's a big part of it for me i could not agree more i mean i feel like during this time yoga is because i've been doing yoga for like 20 years but i kind of you know you go yeah. in and out and more dedicated and less dedicated totally i'm diving right back into it because i need it so much i need to feel like i'm the quiet in the middle of the storm that's right. all I have, right? So yeah, so crazy. I think it's so important now more than ever. You know, situations like this can either drive you away from yourself or bring you closer to yourself. You know, and I think that that yoga in particular, just because of the the more meditative and introspective aspects of the practice, I think that that is conducive to kind of getting a better grounding level of. of understanding and just calm ultimately you know and calm i know my son is 16 so that's really fun you know of course oh mom, yeah and he told me the other day he goes mom you i think you're a little bipolar i'm like i am not bipolar yeah i'm like breathing yoga calming <laughs> right right there's so. a reason we call it a practice you know yes there's no finish line with it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're, you're just trying. Every day is a new day, and I, I just try to approach life like that. And I'm excited for this festival because it's a chance to see some of the great local bands, local artists like you. I just love this description of you from Music Connection magazine, a master guitarist, instantly uh, <laughs> compelling, producing a diabolical downpour that drenches listeners in blues rock and downright madness. I couldn't have paid someone to, to write that about me. That was just so cool. I played this show in Hollywood. It was a last minute show that I got invited to and I didn't think much of it. Um, you know, and I played for a half hour and a guy came up to me afterwards and was just asking me some questions. And he mentioned he wrote for a magazine or what, you know, whatever. It was a very casual thing. And um, it was just like talking to, to a friend, you know, it's told him some of my influences and things. And then later, someone calls me up like, hey, have you seen yourself in Music Connection magazine? And I'm reading it. I'm like, wow, this guy was really nice. Yeah. So, You're like, who is he writing about? That's me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. That was, that was very nice to say. Yeah, stellar. <laughs> stellar. Like the downright madness part. Yeah. With the looping and the, the lap slide, and I get a lot of different effects, like different levels of distortion and overdrive. It does get pretty overwhelming. Uh, you know, just to have that kind of control of sound. And even though it's just me playing with the loops, it, it becomes this growing, expanding yeah. uh, sort of experience and everything's being looped live, you know, so there's that aspect too. That's awesome. So you're going to play a little something for us. Are you just going to do a little acoustic thing? You're not going to be able to add all the looping and all that, are you? Yeah, no, for the sake of simplicity, I'll just play some uh, acoustic singer songwriter stuff, but I will okay. be looping for the, um, for the other shows, but I rarely, um, I rarely get to just sit and play the guitar. Sometimes I miss the simplicity of just sitting down and playing the guitar, but I really do love experimenting with all the sounds and all the effects and things like that. It just makes it, uh, a very interactive experience you know but yeah. today's cool because i get to come back to my roots so <laughs> i'll play a song called orange grove it's off of my fourth album desperate times
been alone before, but never been so alone before. Sometimes when the sun is shining, all I feel is rain. It's impossible to know just how far I let this go. Letting well-known chemicals seep into my brain, and I said. Festival Nation, celebrating the magical world of music festivals. Thanks to Casey Wickstrom. Stay in touch on social at Casey Wickstrom and at CaseyWickstrom.com. Now welcome Ren Giesick. She also performed at the Virtual Sofa Music Festival and we caught up with her after her performance. Ren is a jazz singer and songwriter who calls Los Gatos her home. She borrows elements of Americana roots, jazz, blues, and country. Ren was scheduled to perform at SOFA before it became SIP, and we all were sheltering in place, but she morphed right into virtual performing, even accompanying herself on the ukulele. You Thank sounded you. great. Um, you played a mandolin. No, no, I want to say mandolin, but you played a ukulele. A ukulele. So ukulele. what's the difference between a mandolin and a ukulele? Is it the number of strings? Or... Oh, don't ask me. Oh. I have no idea. <laughs> I know that Chris Seeley plays mandolin. business, And uh, mandolin is kind of a country, more country instrument. Ukulele is more Hawaiian. Hawaiian. Yeah, because I talked to, uh, you know, an artist once and she and I said, I'm learning to play guitar because it's it's hard, actually, super hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just to get the muscle memory and all that. And she said, why don't you Mm -hmm. start with like a mandolin? Because that's mm-hmm. like less strings and it's, you know, a good way to start. And I, I would have to think a ukulele is also kind of it's kind of fun. Right. It, and you, you sounded great on the ukulele. Well, thank you. Yeah, it is a good starter instrument. In fact, it is a starter instrument for me. I I had started like really casually playing ukulele um, at the end of last year. And I played, you know, one of my Christmas songs live for the first time, like during the holiday season um, on the ukulele. So, yeah, I started learning like really seriously diving into playing ukulele every day during the shutdown. Um, and I started going live on Facebook for a few tunes every day from like uh, March 15th through April 18th. Well, let me ask you learn. about that. How did you feel? I mean, as an artist, it seems so weird. I mean, everyone's doing it. They're going on Facebook live and they're, they're playing, but it's odd. I mean, it's odd not to have an audience. How did you feel about that? <laughs> well, I don't know. People are commenting and I'm like, kind of hammy so it's okay because and also I was I in my case like I was learning a new instrument so I wasn't like asking for tips I was going live on my personal page not on music page um just you know for friends and just sort of for fun um to just have some fun and try a few things um so it it was very casual and then I've kind of realized over time that 
you can kind of cheer yourself on in a way. Like, I don't know if you watched my sofa um, video, but I, did. I was like, I was like, I'm doing so good. Like, I'm so excited. So you were your um, own cheerleader, right? Well, you have to be. Yeah. Come on now. You have to be. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I kind of, I just try to enjoy the process. And for me, like, I, I have to sing and I love singing and singing every day feels really good. So, you know, you get the encouragement from the comments and then you just start to cheer yourself on. And it's, it's okay. You know, you get used to it. And also, I went live so many days in a row that, I kind of got used to the feeling of being in that, you know, in live that, stream space. Yeah. I mean, we're reinventing. I know I, I did something for Sofa as well. I did a little vinyl party. So I played records mm-hmm. and then I went, nice. I had a Zoom room and then I went on Facebook Live. So there's a little, lots of, you know, you know, connect the dots type things. So I'm still, pr- mm-hmm. I'm still practicing to get better at it. But I watched mm-hmm. it, the footage back and I go, well, really, that wasn't that horrible. So no, I felt, yeah, I felt like, okay, I can, I'm going to keep, you know, keep trying this and because it, it's kind of fun. And as musicians, you know, as you, you know, you're a musician that plays a lot. I know. Well, first of all, let me just tell you about Ren. We're going to hear Ren. She's going to play a little song for us later on the ukulele. So you'll get to hear her <laughs> sing and all that. But I want to say, I know Ren in the weirdest way because I know <laughs> Ren through her parents. <laughs> and it's so funny because it's so great to meet yeah. you because I work out at the JCC and I'm a teacher there as well. I teach aqua because, yeah. you know, sometimes, you know, you got to get in the pool. It's a great therapy therapy for sure. And I yeah. swim next to your dad all the time. Your mom and dad, don't, they don't even swim together in the pool, by the way, your mom's in one. I end, know. Your dad, yeah. I know. And I so know. I've talked to your dad. We, me and him have gotten a lot of trouble. Actually, we yeah, always get yelled at. <laughs> We got yelled at so many times for talking and he's always like, Ren this, Ren that. And, you know, Ren's doing this and Ren's going to be here and Ren's at the boardwalk and Ke- Ren's on K-Pig. And then I think they flew to New, I want to say New Orleans to see you play. Was that it? Maybe last year mm, or uh, New York or I don't know. Well, I, I've gone to, I've played in New York and Nashville. Okay. And I don't think it was, it, they may have told you the story, but it wasn't them that flew, flew out. I have these super fans, Dan and Sharon, that flew out to Nashville and surprised me. Oh, oh maybe that was it. Nashville. Okay. You yeah. played in Nashville. So, I mean, you're yeah. really, you know, a working musician, but anyway, your parents just, they just adore you, of course. And they're, they're yeah. always, you know, come on, you had to come see Ren. So it's just so nice to, <laughs> I was so glad to see you on the sofa, Bill. And then I know you, you know, you, you've been doing a lot. Like you played for the Los Gatos coffee roasting company. You did a live thing. Yep. So yes. you're just grooving with this new technology. It's pretty amazing. Yep. Trying to keep it going. I, you know, I actually also for SOFA, for the festival, I also went live um, in this really crazy double live thing that I do with my bandmate from my other band, the, the Anachronistics, which is a soul and funk band. So I went live twice that day. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And did you find that, it, it, you, did you guys do pretty good with the technology? I thought your quality was great. So we we figured it out for the most part. We do. It's kind of like a parlor trick to do a live thing with another musician. You have to have like um, pretty good sound quality coming through. We were using like FaceTime and this other thing to like bring his audio to me. And then when we would play the song, he would just play the song because he knows them. I would mute myself so he couldn't hear me. And then we would like non-verbally communicate over the screens with each other to make sure we ended at the right time. Um, <laughs> it, it worked. It worked out. 
That's good. That's great. Well, so what do you think about, I mean, I know you're a working musician. You're always, you, you really do play a lot. I mean, you're, that's your profession, right? right. And it's really mm-hmm. impacted, you know, of course, so many people, but musicians and entertainers, you know, because people can't do what we do, go out and hang out in a bar or, you know, have a right. cocktail or go to jazz on the plaza and, you know, mm-hmm. sit out in a lawn chair in this beautiful summer sunshine. We can't yeah. do that. And so yeah. the virtual thing, here we are. What do you, yeah. what do you, do you have a little inkling of what you're, you see coming our way in terms of entertaining? Uh, what do you unfortunately, think? Unfortunately, I don't, I think we're not coming back full bore for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I, I usually perform with bands and I'm the like front woman singing and yeah. not playing an instrument with those bands. Um, you know, I write, I write songs, but I, and I write them on piano, but I wouldn't say I'm like the best piano player in the world. So I give them to really good piano players to, to play and I sing them. Right. Um, and so, I, you know, this is, I'm trying to look at this as an opportunity despite like how sad it is <laughs> to not get to perform, um, with my bands and stuff, but an opportunity to learn some new instruments. So like you said earlier, um, you know, ukulele is a good starting point. So I already had a ukulele. So I started you know, digging into learning that and I've gotten pretty smooth on it and I'm feeling good and I can play a lot of my original music on it. And now I've been picking up the guitar every day as well. Oh, nice. So I'm hoping, yeah. So I'm hoping that, you know, I can at the very least, you know, have some more skills under my belt when things do open up and, um, and you know, I gotta, I have to sing it. It like really feeds me, feeds my soul to sing every day. So I have to figure it out and just, move forward and, and try to make it work. And I've been very lucky in terms of just, you know, fan support and family support. And, you know, I'm, I, I I feel lucky (laughs) really compared to a lot of people. And I know it sucks not to perform, but I can, we can make it work and be creative. A lot of people are trying to think. Everyone to be creative for sure. Yeah. And think outside the box. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's. I wish we were soothsayers and we knew when and how and what it's going to look like. But, you know, I love festivals. My mm-hmm. my podcast is about festivals. I mean, I love, yeah. you know, even just, you know, jazz in the plaza, you know, going up to Los Gatos and just yeah. being with people and just yeah. having a good time. It's going to be weird because I think people are going to be wearing masks a lot. You know, I don't know when that's yeah. going to end. Yeah. I've, I have a friend who was supposed to be married in April and She's not getting married now till October and she's just afraid, like, do I even have a wedding if people can't like hug <laughs> and be happy together? <laughs> it's kind of hard. I mean, it's it's a, weird. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah no Actually, I was going to tell you, give you a tip on another festival that I saw the other day okay. from a venue in Boulder Creek called Lileski. Okay. Um, they did a May Day festival and they did six hours on May 1st and May 2nd. And, um, and then like people wanted more. So they did like a, a brunch on the Sunday, like a brunch show, oh. brunch gospel, gospel brunch. Show. Oh, I love gospel. Um, oh man. I love right. it. Right. Yeah. Oh, it really cool. touches you. Oh, that's good. Was, There's a cool. lot of good stuff. People format. are doing, well, you know, you know, you may, there may be a point at least you can play with your band, but maybe in a one location, but socially distanced, you know? Yeah. I, I'm thinking that's going to be the case coming forward in the next few months. I think that we'll be able to play as a band, but we'll have to live stream those shows. Right. And live a lot stream. of those venues are, are 
working towards being able to do that well. Right. I mean, I, I do see, I would say I'd see that in the future live streaming and then uh, maybe a, few, a handful of people, but not to capacity, you mm-hmm. know, how you people really cram. I'm supposed to see a band Larkin Poe at the Independent in San Francisco and mm-hmm. they got canceled. It was supposed to be in March and now it's going to be later. It's going to be, it's scheduled for September and it's sold out. So, you know, they mm-hmm. usually, cr- the capacity, they cram people in. I don't know how they're going to pull it off. You know, it's just going to be, yeah, weird. No. it's going to be weird. We'll yeah. just have to play it out and see, but I really just appreciate all the effort you're putting in there. You're putting out the good vibes and, you know, it's so <laughs> funny. I was going to mention that you, you've played everywhere. I mean, you've been singing your whole life, performing it, church choirs, jazz choirs, acapella groups, Motown bands, a jazz <laughs> quartet, your local San Jose clubs a soul band and you've even crew you've even performed on cruise ships. Yep. That's true. <laughs> would you think about, would you ever go back to that? Or you're like, eh, I don't know about that. Probably not now. You'd think- well, and I'm kind of past that point in my life. It was like a really great transitional thing to do. Um, I was making a decision about where I wanted to live next. And I was able to go on the cruise ship and sort of decide I want to be near my family now. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, and on land home. and on land. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've been I, on some cruises. I get fun. a little seasick. So it's like, mm, I'm okay. I'm oh, good. you got seasick on a cruise? That's crazy. I know. I get seasick too. And I didn't get seasick on my ship. I, I used to have to go on the top deck and listen to the, whatever band was outside. I was happy. Yeah, I know. I, me right. and cruises. Oh man. It's not my favorite. Dude. I need to be on land, yeah. girl. I need to be on land. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, uh, the cruise ship life is crazy. I definitely had some sickness on the cruise ship, but I'm thinking it was hangover. Oh, not yeah, sickness. sometimes it's hard to tell. You're like, did I drink too, mom? Am I hungover or am I sick? I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, you're really known for, you know, the, your great jazz delivery and your country sensibility and your heartfelt delivery of really having a conversation with the art uh, the audience. So we're mm-hmm. really excited to hear your which song you're going to sing us. And we'd love to hear yeah. a little bit of Ren Gisick. So thank you so much, Ren. Thank you. I'll see you uh, online, man. I'll see you on Facebook. Yeah, see you there. <laughs> uh, this is one that I wrote based on a catchphrase from my grandma Ruby called If You Can Take Him, You Can Have Him. Words to Live By, a nice little up-tempo country song. I wrote this with my buddy Bob Welsh. Take him, you can have him, have some fun. 
Festival Nation, celebrating the magical world of music festivals. You can stay connected to Ren at rensings.com. Thanks to musicians Ren Giesick and Casey Wickstrom for joining us today on Festival Nation and Phil Moresco, Philco, for putting the Virtual Sofa Music Festival together. The festival at the end of April was so successful that throughout May, every Saturday night, you can enjoy Sofa Saturdays. It's a weekly virtual tour through South First Street, San Jose's eclectic arts and cultural district. There's six channels to enjoy from your sofa, and you can engage with artists, musicians, poets, DJs, and travel to bars and restaurants and theaters. Join in every Saturday in May from 6 to 9. SofaMusicFestival.com. Pick up your shedge, hashtag shedge, and explore South First Street. There's hangouts and performances, martial arts, virtual art, and great food and drink. Plus, you can order food, beer, and cocktails from your sofa, travel to South First Street to pick it up, and enjoy the rest of your night on your sofa. Please join me on Saturday for a live podcast of Festival Nation at 6 o'clock. You can get the link if you go to the website sofamusicfestival.com and then at 6.30 we're going to be hanging out backstage at the event you can join in and be part of the fun check out the entire schedule at sofamusicfestival.com hashtag sofa street fair at sofa street fair at shedge and hashtag sofa surfers love to always see your pictures of you hanging out on your sofa I'd love to hear from you too. So please reach out and share your favorite festival memories at festivalnationpodcast at gmail.com. We're going to do a series of shows on some of our favorite festivals over the years. You can also hit me up on social, on Facebook and Instagram at Festival Nation Podcast or on Twitter at Nation Festival. You can also connect with me on all social platforms at Marla Davies, marladavies.com. And check out all of our podcasts at the Pantheon Podcast Network at Pantheon Pods. Any music used in this Festival Nation podcast is owned by the artist and is used for educational and illustration purposes only. All songs on this podcast can be found for purchase or streaming wherever you get your great music. Please pick up these amazing tracks and support musicians. Find all the shows, notes, and links at festivalnationpodcast.com. This show is written, produced, and hosted by me, Marla Davies. And thanks so much for listening to this show Appreciate your downloading, liking, sharing, and following Festival Nation on the Pantheon Podcast Network and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Talk to you next time. We will get by. We will survive. Peace. Peace, love, and music. Thanks for being part of the tribe. For Marla Davies and everyone here at Festival Nation, until next time, tune in, turn on.